One does not simply walk into geekdom. You're entering the Nerd United Nations podcast. You're a nerd. Damn right. I'm a nerd. Naturally. All things geek are up for grabs. Music. Skits, comedy, or sitcoms. Doctor Who. I love Tim. Burton. The Flash. Green Lantern. The Trinity. Batman. Superman. Wonder Woman. The Joker. Wait a minute. I want to talk about the Joker. Star Wars. Love me some Star Wars. Magic. I'm an art guy. Paranormal. Halloween is life. Now, here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Ambassadors, nerd and edits of all ages, welcome to the one-year anniversary episode of the Nerd Ad Nations podcast. I am your co-host from the Midwest United States, Jared Boots. Of course, as always, I have my co-host from the great white north of Canada with me, Miss Melissa Nicholson. Melissa, it's been a year. We've been doing I this know. for a year now. <laughs> it, it feels like just yesterday we started this thing. I, I can't wrap my head around it being a whole year, but... Wow. <laughs> quite the quite the achievement, I think. <laughs> well, to be fair, we did take like a three month break since our Ninja Turtles episode, so <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. But we're this is our second of two awesome back to back episodes because if you listen to our last episode, we did a two hours long episode of a Beetlejuice with our friends Robert and Nintia from Pods and Monsters. And now we're going to do Killer Clowns from Outer Space with two of our three previous guests. First one, you know him, you love him. He's everybody's favorite scumbag, Mr. Guy Milks. Guy, how you doing? I'm, 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 I'm doing well. I am. I'm doing well. All things considered. Well, welcome back to the show. It's nice being back. Hey. Yeah, so yeah, there's plenty of room for you on my couch if you ever want to come on the show more often. <laughs> I don't know about the hookers, though. You can, you can keep the hookers at Jeremy's place. Nah, so. yeah, listen, listen. I, 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 it's not like they come with me. They just they end up congregating after the fact. You know what I mean? Guys in town! Guy, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Melissa, we also have another guest. You know his voice from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode. One of my best friends and brothers for many, many moons, Michael Rare. Mikey, how you doing? I'm doing well, buddy. How about you? Hanging in there. Long time no see. So yeah, I just no saw you at work man. a few What's hours ago. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. It took some convincing from Melissa, but I'm like, yeah, come on. He's family. Hey. <laughs> the, the Canadian geese, the Canadian geese aren't her. Back on. Holy hell. <laughs> the Canadian geese aren't her, aren't his fault. Hey, I don't know. I can't help you hates Canadian geese. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> border jumpers. Lots of them. So, like I said at the top of the episode, we were talking about the killer clowns from outer space. Uh, I guess what you could consider a, a cult classic from 1988. Um, instead of going beat for beat of the movie, I'll just give a quick description of it, and we're have a little bit of a roundtable. Just ask a couple questions. Some of them are the plain Jane questions, like you'd answer on one of those stupid Facebook surveys, like "Who's your favorite clown?" <laughs> blah blah blah. And then I attempted to write some questions. You had to think a minute for. So, if you haven't seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Shame on you. It came out in 1988. If you haven't seen it in the last 32 years, yeah. maybe get a better hobby. Like you've had four months of lockdown to watch it. It's been on Netflix for however long? Uh, a few quite months. A while. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> cliff notes of this movie is small town of Crescent Cove, California is invaded by aliens that look like clowns. They put people in cotton candy cocoons. They put them in balloons. They kill them with pies. That's all you got to know. Even the dogs aren't safe in this town. But uh, paying tribute. But it pays tribute to those movies from the fifties, like The Blob, where you got the college kids, and then you got the cops that take their job seriously. They don't believe the kids, and lo and behold, when it's too late, they do believe them. <clears throat> so. That fun part out of the way. We'll start with uh, Guy. Yes. What was the first? When was the first time you saw this movie, and what was your first reaction when you saw it? Um, I, this was the movie that made me realize that I'm not your average moviegoer because um, uh, I didn't see it till it hit because I knew it had a theatrical release, but um, I don't know where it got released theatrical because it never came to my town. Um, so I didn't get to watch it until it hit, uh, HBO and then it came on HBO and I had a bunch of buddies over and we watched it. My buddies did not get it. They did not, they did not understand it. They thought it was the worst thing. And I, and I just loved it because, you know, practical effects, uh, paying, paying homage to the fifties, you know, red scare, you know, type movies. Um, I, I, I thought it was genius with the, with, with the gags. Um, I, I completely loved it. And so I've been watching it. Uh, if it came out in 88, it probably didn't hit cable till 89. So I've been watching it for, you know, 30 years, you know, at least 30 years I've been watching it. Um, I've owned it. Uh, I own it on VHS. I have a DVD copy. I've never upgraded from a DVD copy because I have yet to find a, a Blu-ray copy. 
I love the movie, but I'm not paying, you know, $15 for this movie. <laughs> this, yeah. is not a, this is not a $15 movie. This is a good, you know, $4.99, you know, maybe $7.99 movie. Um, but yeah, I I, I, I I love this movie. It is it is it is pure genius to me. Um, yeah. Oh, well said. Uh, I think that I think Walmart had like a run of uh, Blu-rays for a while. Uh, nothing. I think they had one of those fancy like Day of the Dead covers to it or something like that. Oh, okay. Uh, Very true. Yeah, like. Well, I, I, like I said, I, I, got, I, I got the DVD so I can put it. And it's on Netflix because I mean, honestly, that, uh, like I said to you guys before we started recording, that's why I watched it today because I was too lazy to walk two feet to pick up the dvd and put it in the in the in the ps in the ps4 i was like hey, it's on netflix so i just hit the remote <laughs> there you go <laughs> i already had it in the dvd player from the other night so i just hit play again <laughs> nice uh mike what about you when was the first time you saw it and uh, what was your first reaction oh i was probably it had to be like in my early teens, uh, if I can remember it. Um, I knew uh, I liked it a lot, you know. Um, I I can't remember like what station I seen it from or anything, but I uh, you know like I seen it multiple times on TV, growing up throughout uh, throughout the years, and uh, it just got better every time for me watching it. It's just more enjoyable, so it. It, uh, yeah, it's definitely a good movie. Agreed. Melissa, what about you? What was the first time? What did you think of it when you first saw it? I think I saw it, I'm, I want to say maybe just last year, like early last year, um, like sometime maybe like January, February or something like that. I'm not a thousand percent sure, but, um, yeah, I had never, I had never heard of it until... I think you had mentioned it to me, Jared, and he said, like, you should watch this or something. And I was like, all right. So then I found it and I watched it and I was like, not sure what the hell I was going to get myself into, but it killer clowns from outer space. Like the title alone just was like, okay, my curiosity is peaked. Okay. And I, I watched it and honestly, I, I loved it. Like it was just so good. And it's got that sort of lighthearted seriousness about it, and it's just like, yeah, it's such a good, a good movie. So, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it, and it's, I don't know, it's one of those movies that I can't, I can't describe as cheesy because I don't feel like it is. It's just, it's pure fun, and you know, all the the stuff that happens in it, and just, yeah, I, I, I really love it. So. And uh, I think I was not much older. Uh, uh, first time I saw it was back in college, actually. I think I was telling Mikey at work the other day. Uh, I was in track and field in college, and we we're doing our indoor conference meet um, somewhere. And we brought a guy in to throw with us, and he brought all these movies with them. And he started quoting the scene where with Shorty said, "What are you gonna do? Knock my block off?" And I had no idea what he was, gonna, what he was talking about. So he goes, "Oh." Oh, it's cool to come out of space. When we're done throwing, hey, we'll go to the gym and watch it. And here, me and 
two or three other of these big guys who sit in the middle of a gym watching Killer Cons of Outer Space and a miniature DVD player <laughs> just, just laughing our asses off. At the whole, especially when you got to the, what are you going to do, knock my block off scene? And I just fell in love with it right there. I'm like, oh my God, I... I didn't get this in my life sooner. So I was probably early 2000s was the first time I saw it. And we love it. Yeah. So I'm way late to the game on that, but I, I really regret, <laughs> really regret I'm not watching later, it here. <laughs> I, I, I've been watching it for 30 years. You guys have been watching it for four months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was in four months ago. That's when I started watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, babies! <laughs> <laughs> you two relate to the game, and Guy and I are kind of on the same wavelength of when we watched it. Uh... I was at least early twenties. I was at least early twenties, so it's at least fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So still, I, half, I still half as long as Guy, at least. I, yeah, yeah, I still got you doubled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> but we didn't want to go as far as to put, what are you going to do, knock our blocks off on the back of our throwing shirts that year. <laughs> Just to see who would have gotten it. <laughs> I feel like I feel like not many people would have gotten it, but like the select, like a good handful would have. I've been like, ah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a handful. And, and, and it has become quite the cult movie. Uh, most people on the real fans page like it. There are a couple who, who just don't get it. There's just some people that just don't get it. And then they, and and I, in the end, I guess it's fine. You know, it's this is kind of like the old uh, Dilo De Dorentis, uh Flash Gordon. You either get it or you don't. You know what I mean, yeah. and 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 obviously I get both of those because I, I love them both. I know exactly what they were going for, um, mm-hmm. but I've been into movies since before. Uh, my parents were really into movies, so I've been into movies for my entire life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And it's like, yeah. yeah, it's exactly like you know, like yeah, the Flash Gordon, or even like I'm thinking of like for me, like Doctor Who. It's the same thing where you either get it or you don't because yeah, it's yeah kind of weird in itself so you know and especially with like the older stuff it's just right yeah get it or you don't and it's got its own audience and that's what this movie has it's got its own audience of people who just they they you know they love it for the quirkiness the fun the little bit of humor and you know for for the movie that it is and if if you're not that kind of person who gets into those kind of like you know, B movies or whatever. Well, you're not gonna like it, and that's okay. Like, not not everybody has to uh, has to like these these kinds of movies. So, uh, th- there's know. there's a reason why there's uh, strawberry and vanilla at the ice cream store. There's strawberry in Rocky Road because not everybody's gonna eat chocolate and vanilla. Exactly. You know, that's that's the, you know there's strawberry Rocky Road, and it's the same with movies. Um, I question people who don't necessarily because I'm like I, who, who claim to be movie lovers, and then they're like, yeah, but I'm not a fan. Like how how you're a movie lover and then not understand a movie that is a that is a that is a love letter to the movies of old. I mean, I don't I don't <laughs> I don't get it. I question their actual um, their love of movies. If and I, I now if somebody off the street like I don't get it, but if somebody says, "Oh yeah, I'm a movie lover," and then 
and then you bring up killer clowns and they're like, yeah, I, I don't kill. Hey, well, how do you, when you have a, a movie that loves the movies that it, it loves movies, because this movie, it loves movies. And it's giving such a love letter to those old Red Scare 50 movies that were a, that were a, a major part to making, you know, to, towards the movies today. How do, you, how, how do you not, you know, love a movie like that, you know, or, or at least appreciate it for what it did? You know what I mean? Maybe not love it, but at least appreciate it. You know, when someone says, oh, I can't stand it. What do you mean you can't stand it? It's fun. <laughs> Exactly. Like you, you gotta at least you know if you don't really get into the movie so much, at least yeah, like you said, appreciate the effort that was put into it. Like you know the the, the practical effects and everything else, and just you know even the friggin' clowns themselves. Like holy cow, you know well, and, that's seriously impressive. And the so, genius of the gags, like seriously, yeah. Balloon animal bloodhounds. Balloon yeah. animal bloodhounds. That is absolutely. Genius. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It did sadden me a little bit when the actual bloodhound got caught because I am a bloodhound owner. So uh, okay, okay. Um now, are you guys are you guys big Hitchcock fans? Yes. Yeah, I can see the Hitchcock movie. Um um uh the the, the old guy, the, the dog owner, that's Royal Dano. He was mm -hmm. in um, The Trouble with Harry, hit one of Hitchcock's, uh, Hitchcock's best comedy, <laughs> which, is, which uh, I highly recommend, A Trouble with Harry. It, 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 uh, yeah, he's, he's in it, and he plays a cop in it, and, uh, and what else was Royal? Royal Daniel also was in Ghoulies, too, which um, is the only Ghoulies worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that one. <laughs> yeah, Ghoulies 2 is so much fun. Ghoulies 1, eh, eh. Nah. The other ones I, I barely remember. The, the, but the second one is just a blast. That's the one with the, with the Wasp did the, the, the song. I'm showing my age because you guys don't even know who Wasp is. So, <laughs> Correction, I know who Wasp is. Okay, okay, okay. Fuck like, okay. like a beast, man. Yeah, yeah. Blackie Lawless and Chris Holmes. Hmm. Yeah. I know Wasp. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then I'm not sure I'm age to it. So going off of that, um, we just talked about, does the movie still hold up? Do you think 32 years later? Guy? De I definitely. De it, it definitely does because it's still... Mm -hmm. It's still the love letter. It's still they if they made the movie today and they made it exactly the way they did in 1988, practical effects and everything, then then it would be the exact same movie. They could they wouldn't have to change anything. So it definitely holds up because it it if they would because it's the practical effects and the and the way that they approach the acting and the story and everything. Yeah, I I think it holds up, and I think I think the the facts are are fairly really well um but the uh the kyoto 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 right yeah kyoto kyoto uh, the kyoto brothers they they're uh, genius practical effects guys they did the 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 car commercial for the original robocop with the dinosaur Oh yeah, I know they yeah, did. Uh, yeah. was they did Large Marge too, too, didn't they? Yep, for they, uh, they, they, Big they, Adventure. They, yeah, Large Marge and 
I think they did most of the critters. At least they, they did critters too for sure. But I think they did the first one too. The 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 effects. Um, I think I'm pretty sure this is the only movie that movie that they've made. I could be wrong. Um, but anyways, yeah, I I, I love it. their practical effects are genius, and the clowns are absolutely seriously. I they're they're terrifying. I would not want to have a dream about those clowns at all because that was <laughs> terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikey, what about you? Movies still hold up in your opinion? Uh, yeah, uh, I think it holds up quite well. And uh, you know, to have my to have my daughters actually sit and watch it with me and actually enjoy it, that uh, yeah, that definitely says it holds up if uh, if they like it to sit there and watch it and enjoy it. I mean, and, and, yeah, and that's because my boys, they're uh, 18, 15, and, and 13, and they all love them. They absolutely love the movie. They, it's, it's a movie I can put on, and they're all going to watch it whenever I put it on, you know. Right. So, and, th- and that's because, that's you know, kids today, they're so used to, and, well, my kids have been, they grew up on movies, so they're not so spoiled on the, on, on the CGI. Right. Most kids are so spoiled on the CGI they see practical effects and they just don't they don't get it, you know. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a great film, and I'm just I'm thankful that my daughters can get into movies like this. You know, it uh, it kind of brings a bit of a tear to my eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand. I get it. Believe me, I get it. What about you? Movie hold I, up in your eyes? I think so. Um, it, it it doesn't, you know, some movies, you know, they, you know, when they they don't age well. <laughs> you, you know those those films that are just like, yeah, it probably would have been good back in the time that you know when it came out, and then now it's like, oh boy, it's awful. But this one just. You know it. It. I think it holds up. I, I definitely think so. It's. It's just so, so well done, and you know the the characters look so good, and yeah, I, I think so. I, I think it definitely is. It's aged well, and I think it. It certainly, you know, holds up, and and you know, I don't think if it if it didn't, I probably you know maybe I wouldn't have liked it, or I still would have enjoyed it. You know. Um, as a movie, I, I think I probably would have, because um, I, I, it's just such a quirky, fun film. So, you know, um, yeah, I think so. Absolutely, I'm on the same page as as everybody else here. <laughs> yeah, making a clean sweep across the board. I think it's it holds up well too, and I think a lot of it might have to do with the practical effects. I wonder if just practical effects just hold up better over time, as opposed to CG, like. I think so. I, th- I think, I, I, for example, I, I, say you look at Toy, you look at Toy Story one, then watch it side by side with like Toy Story three. You look at the CG in Toy Story one compared to Toy Story three or Toy Story four. It's like that's a little rough there. But I think the practical effects of Killer Clowns being a thirty-two year old movie still looks good. Well, you, well, you got to look back at like uh, like look at the original nineteen thirty-three King Kong or nineteen forty-nine Mighty Joe Young. Yeah. Both stop motion. And yeah. every time you watch them, you are still riveted. You are still loving them, even though you know it's a it's a it's a puppet and and all you know said and done. 
you know, so I, I do think practical effects. Now, there are some CGI, you know, like uh, most of Jurassic Park, the CGI, most of the CGI holds up, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but not not all of it. There, there are some couple spots in some of newer movies that are like, yeah, that was you. No, that CGI don't hold up. So, you know, I, uh, um, I, I, I think uh, CGI shows its age quicker. Mm. Than, than, than practical, if that makes any sense. I think so. Yeah. Because it's just, it's it's whatever, you know, at whatever point in time the movie came out, that's the technology of the day that they had, right? So, yeah. it, like, technology now is, like, improving so quickly. Like, it's always changing, constantly, you know, evolving into something new. And, you know, you look at, like, movies, CGI is getting better, and, like, video game quality is getting better and all that kind of stuff, because technology is getting so much better. So, yeah, in some ways, yeah, it, it yeah, like, Jurassic Park, I think, definitely holds up CGI-wise, but I think, like, with practical effects, it's just, because it's a, like, it's, they, they set it up and it's it's a real physical thing. So it, they're going to make it look as you know real as possible, and if they pull it off, well, it's it's going to last longer than you know technology. Because I feel like you know the practical effects stuff doesn't really change. It's kind of that you know it can you can have your your different things, but I think it fairly kind of stays the same for how you might do something. But and yeah, well, well, well prime example. Look at John Carpenter's the thing. And then look at the thing prequel. Yeah. Uh, John Carpenter's "There's the Thing" is timeless because of the practical effects. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and I still kind of like the prequel, but man, you watch that thing, and the first time you watch it, you were taken out of it because of the CGI automatically. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's 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 a it's a. And I'm not saying CGI is bad. I I think a good mixture like with with Jurassic Park or um, uh, uh, Del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth, where they mix CGI and practical together. I think that's 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 the perfect. But those are those two are like the prime examples. Those are the perfect marriages of it, you know. And I think CGI works. For, I mean, we wouldn't have Avengers or Endgame or Justice League or Superman with that we have now without the CGI. So I think CGI does serve a purpose. I'm very partial to practical effects because I grew up, you know, I grew up watching the reason I became a, a movie fan is because of, of the, the effects. I started with Ray Harryhausen with uh, Jason and the Argonauts and Mighty Joe Young, you know, the stop motion. I, I am a, still a lover of stop motion to this very day, um, you know, and then the practical effects. And then, and so I, I, that's what, really solidified my love for movies so i am always partial to uh the practical side of things but i do appreciate a good cgi when it's pulled off nicely too so absolutely yeah like i i'm definitely like i'm really like i'm honestly re like i'm introducing myself to a lot of movies because like when i was younger i didn't really grow up on a lot of movies like i was introduced to you know the important ones like star wars indiana jones all that stuff you know the the ones that you have to watch (laughs) right you know but i didn't really grow up on movies because i didn't really have you know anybody within my family who 
or even friends who were really that into movies. So, like, I'm introducing myself to these films, and a lot of the ones that I was sort of introduced to were sort of, you know, they like the more modern technology with the CGI and all that kind of stuff. And so now I've gone back and, like, I'm, you know, watching these other movies that use practical effects, and honestly, like, I love practical effects. Like, it is awesome! I really love it, and in some ways I kind of prefer it over CGI, but I also believe that, you know, CGI has its place. If it's not overdone. If it's done right, or if you have that balance between that practical and CGI, then you're you're golden, you know? But if you overdo it, well, then it's like, okay, yeah, this is, like, (laughs) fake beyond fake, but you have that fine balance, or you you have its place for it, totally fine with me, you know? Yeah, was it a Jeremy Lloyd that said on one of the podcasts about how CG kind of takes away that awe and wonder, but when you have something with the practical effect in it, you kind of get your guessing like how how they do that, make picture curiosity to how they do that. The the ingenuity that practical. I mean, if you ever watch any making of the original A New Hope. The original Star Wars movie. The ingenuity they had to do and use to make that movie work is simply way more impressive than perfect, even perfect CGI. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's just amazing to me. Like, uh, there are a couple times in Jurassic Park where you can tell when they switch between practical and CGI, but most Mm -hmm. of the time, most of the time you can't. Most of the time you don't have a clue. You know, so... Um, but yeah, just the ingenuity, just the, the things, you know, cause you know, you got it, like, uh, we just did on please rewind a couple months ago, the 40th anniversary for, uh, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were talking about Kevin Bacon's arrow kill where he gets the arrow through his throat. Yeah. That's 40 years old and is still very effective. Now with the advent of um, high definition, you can see the skin change, the colors is different between Kevin's skin and the skin of the prosthetic that he's wearing, but it's still very effective. You know what I mean? And and that's, uh, that's uh, yeah, and I like, you know, the fact that, the, you know, the real blood in quotation marks, because as Jamie says, quotation marks work good on radio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the real blood helps a lot. Uh, now, Absolutely. there's there are some spots that, you know, the CGI blood, we're like uh, uh, Zack Snyder's 300. CGI blood works perfect in that because that's the story they're telling. It. And if you've ever read the graphic novel, you know, yeah, you were definitely going to have to do the CGI, but it works for that, and and it's a very stylistic choice. But when you watch, um, um, Wrong Turn six hundred and seventy five, and they use the CGI blood, you're like, yeah, that's that's cheap and that's terrible. Come on, go back to the real thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's it's funny how you know, like yeah, like the you know, like Star Wars. Yeah, they they literally built ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, from the ground up. Like, yeah. had the yeah. abandoned warehouse, and they had to build the equipment and do the, like, you know, and the final result was amazing. And then what yeah. the, you know, they built from there, like, wow. You know, yeah. so it's, it's yeah. It's, um, yeah, pretty amazing stuff. Absolutely. So I guess like that kind of dovetails with another question I have written down here. 
And if, God forbid, they were to remake it or reboot it, which, God forbid, I hope they never do. <laughs> or if they were to make, or if they were to make a sequel, do you stay practical as possible, or yes. do you go CG? Yeah. yeah, you stay practical. Practical. And, and yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, and the, and the Kyoto, bro- Kyoto brothers have been talking a sequel for years now. Hmm. So, so yeah, I'm I'm all for a sequel and bring back the original cast and 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 you know make it make it you know 30 years later. Um, but yeah, go practical. You they and they and they would. I don't think they would go any other way. I don't think they would. I think they would go practical. So, and if you if you get the Kyoto Brothers back, then definitely have to go practical. Um, yes. they did. I listened to the audio commentary. They did pitch an idea for a sequel. During the credits oh. of the movie, yeah. Oh, nice. And their 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 idea for a sequel is like one of the clown eggs got left behind. Oh. And then a, a, a sideshow of circus freaks adopts the egg, and when the clowns come back, the clown that's inside the egg has to decide which side he's going to be on. Oh, that's he's interesting. Be with the clowns or with the freaks. Neat. That's an interesting one. Yeah. That's a that's a different. A different take. Although it, w- it would be kind of cool to do, like, yeah, the, like the 30 years later or something. But I think, like, everybody does that. So to have that, okay, the egg was left behind and it's, yeah, I, I kind of like that. That makes sense to me. Hmm. What do you think, Mikey? Um, I think uh, practical effects would still be in play, but I know damn well that because of today they would use cgi um i know sci-fi is always uh has always had a little talk about bringing it back uh i think i read somewhere about netflix possibly getting a hold of it it's uh it's just kind of up in the air whether or not if it's going to happen it's been circulating on rumors for at least the last 10 years easily but yeah. It would be it would be really get a pen weird. on paper. It would be really weird if they did CGI clowns. That the, would yeah, 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 be the weirdest they, thing. They, yeah, they couldn't they, they couldn't do the CGI. No, that that That's, that would completely ruin that like when I when I talk about when I talked about the thing earlier, that's one of the biggest problems with the prequel is they went to CGI and it completely ruined the aesthetic of the thing from the first one. So, exactly. It's that, it's that, that, that. that realistic thing. Yeah. You know? and, it, and it would just look so fake. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to imagine that. <laughs> <clears throat> so, going off of that, would this film work or look better with another creative team or with the Kyoto brothers? Uh, say if somebody else took up the mantle of this movie, do you think it, the movie would look work better or look better? Or do you think the Kyoto brothers were the perfect fit for this? Uh, this is one of, this is one of those labor of love things. So you're not, you're not going to get the same kind of attention to it. If it's somebody who's just taking it over, it's got to be somebody who has a love affair for if somebody was to redo it, it had to be somebody that had a love affair with this movie. You know what I mean? Just like the Kyoto brothers had a love affair with the old 50s movies. You know, that's why this works so well It's because it's a, a it's 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 it, they had a love affair with it. So that's why it works. Um, 
And I don't know if there's anybody that has that kind of a love affair for this movie that could do it. So, mm-hmm. absolutely, and it would have to, you know, yeah, be a be a love letter, you know, the 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 film and make it, you know, not not even really improve improve on it. Like just if you were to remake it or make a sequel, then yeah, you have to be, you know, definitely continuing what the did you couldn't change it in any way or make it you know cg or it would no you, yeah you definitely would have to be genuinely in love with the with the movie itself to want to make it because otherwise it just wouldn't be. uh i bet rooney could do it rooney's got a love for it rooney does have a love for it so mm-hmm. so if mgm warner brothers whoever's listening to this tim rooney's your guy if you can't get the Kyoto Brothers. <laughs> now, Mikey, we're, Mikey, we're talking about uh, would the film work or look better with another creative team or is it, or do the Kyoto Brothers, are they a perfect fit for the movie or, or a sequel? Um, you know, I really don't know any whole lot of other creative teams, you know, besides uh, uh, the Kyoto Brothers or... Uh, you know, Jim Henson creature shop, you know, but, uh, I, if it does come back, I'd like to see the Kyoto brothers redo it again. Cause I don't think, uh, I don't like the Henson creature shops going to touch it with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> uh, wait, no, wait a second. We are talking about the, uh, the company that did the dark crystal and the absolutely genius, uh, prequel, The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, which is extremely dark and extremely violent. Um, <laughs> so there is a possibility. There will be a possibility of them doing that. So, Well, I say the only reason why they wouldn't touch it is because Disney owns it. That's oh, yeah, that's why. right. That's right. Disney does yeah. own it. They just lock it up in the vault like they did with Alien and Die Hard and all, everything else. All that, all that Fox property they bought. I still think. I honestly still think that Disney's gonna eventually put out a Fox app. That's that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna have all the other stuff that it's not being shown on Disney. I think they're just trying to put it together and launch it at some point within the next probably five years. Mm, possibility. Huh. Well, looking now, I brought I brought this up before we started recording, so and I had to, told everybody I had to re I had to reword my question after we we'll listen to the commentary. Um, according to the Kyoto Brothers, they say they're not parroting the blob, but they're pay, and I had to agree with guy they're paying homage to it, but they say the dialogue in this movie is supposed to be serious. So, does the film work better paying tribute to the 50 movies tropes like The Blob? Or, say, if they were to make it today, where they're like a sort of like Zack Snyder, make it dark and gritty, would it work that way too? Or does it work better being paying homage to these 50 movies, guy? I, I, I think it would work as a dark. I, I, I mean, because obviously, you look at the clowns, they are terrifying. Um, and, and some of the kills and what they're doing, I mean, come on, they're, they're literally eating people. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so it could definitely work as a, as a, as a darker 
as a darker thing, but I like the lighthearted of this. I think mm. the dialogue it works fine. I, I think I, I um, maybe if they did a sequel, uh, they would you know go maybe go a little bit darker, maybe not so much of a so much of a love letter to to the fifties, you know, but. I, I think it could go either way, and I think it would work either way. Um, so, yeah. Good way, Mikey. Uh, you know, I actually kind of agree with Guy right there, you know. Um, uh, like, going on the dark side a little bit, I'd like to see a little more uh, blood and gore, but that's just me because I like horror movies. But, you know, at the same point, I like the homage uh, to... Uh, uh, the fifties movies, you know, it, uh, yeah, <laughs> I really can't quite say a whole lot. Cause guy just kind of splayed it all out there right on the table for us. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Melissa? I, I think it, I, I could see it being a, like a serious film. Um, I think it'd be kind of interesting if it, it an interesting take if they, if they made it serious but i think it it definitely works as the homage to like the 50s stuff cuz you know it it's such a it's such a huge love letter to it and i think it works like it, it does have like i you know said before it's got a good balance of the of the you know the the seriousness and and humor so I think I could definitely believe them when they say like, "Oh, it was meant to be." They wrote it as a like a serious film, but then they also there was the humor in it, and you know, um, just yeah, how how they did the movie. I think it it you know it, it definitely works as as the um, the homage to you know the the fifties movies like The Blob and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think I think it works as that. I think if it was. A serious film, it, it wouldn't have been, you know, I, I might have still liked it, but it wouldn't have been such a, you know, fun film to watch as it is. You know, so, yeah, I definitely, yeah, I, I like it better as the, the, yeah, the homages to the, to the 50s. Um, yeah, as a serious film, eh, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing something a little darker because you only get like a, a little taste of the dark side in this because I think it's with the one clown what's his name Jumbo who he's trying to lure the little girl out of the big top burger and then later on in the movie after he's killed John Vernon those like really if you using Jamie's uh, radio air quotes here the two dark uh, spots of the movie there where it gets that little bit of dark where it's not as light hearted so you, <laughs> they play it as a gag because of the straw they use, but I mean, he's seriously shoving a straw yeah. in somebody's body and drinking his fluids. I mean, come on, yeah. it, it, it's got some definite dark undertones to it. So, yeah, yeah, I think you guys talked about on Please Rewind about how he was trying to lure the little girl out of the restaurant too. He was just yeah. got the big old mallet behind his back, but at the same time, still it's this creepy ass clown luring yeah. a little girl out of the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, you could pipe tote both lines, but the lightheartedness of this uh, makes it a good balance, and well, it and, makes and, it a lot more enjoyable. And they got a they got they got a, a, a quirky sense of humor 
the, uh, the guys. Uh, so so if you ever watched, because I, I do believe they wrote the script for Critters 2, maybe even Critters 1. I can't remember. Um, but they, they've, they've got a quirky sense of humor, so they throw that stuff in there. You know, they, there's it, I, even if they went darker, the humor would not be gone. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. and I mean, look at the like I said, the commercial for RoboCop that they did. I mean, it's it's got a quirky sense of humor in it, and that's just you know the way they are. Mm-hmm. It worked perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Absolutely. That's really all I had for like all the brain busters and <laughs> brain buster questions. I think. Nice. But, uh, so, so here's the one question. Oh, I said something to Mikey the other day at work. Last yesterday, I said this to you, Mikey. Guy and Melissa, when you rewatched it, when uh, Debbie's getting ready to get in the shower, do you know she doesn't take her underwear off before she gets in the shower? Uh, if 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 you watch if you watch her taking her shirt off, uh, you see she just wraps it up like a bikini. She's not actually. Yep. Taking- so, well, I saw, well, I saw yeah. that, but I didn't see she take. Uh, as she was going commando, I didn't see what she, she was wearing anything underneath her pants, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the, 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 the the very gorgeous uh, uh, Susan um, Snyder, who was in um, uh, Night of the Creeps and Return of the Living Dead 2, and I can't think of the name of the movie, but even though I really like it with uh, Selma Hayek and the guy that played Chandler Bing. Um. Oh, what is that movie? It's a romantic comedy, and I'm I'm, I'm on killing filmography right now. I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a it it it, it fools kills. rush in fools rush in. Yes, I love that movie. I'm killing my reputation by admitting that I love that romantic comedy. <laughs> I do love that movie. So, and she's in that, and she's gosh, she's gorgeous. She is so gorgeous. Yeah, I mostly knew her from Weird Science. Besides this movie, too. Oh uh, yes, yes, she's in Weird Science too. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, was, I noticed that the other night when I was rewatching. I'm like, hey, wait a minute, she doesn't take her unless she's going commando. She doesn't take her underwear off before she gets in the shower. <laughs> um, now it's not on Netflix, and I don't know if you guys' copy has it, but there was when she gets out of the shower and she's defeating the guy in the toilet. Um, she flushes the toilet and it goes down the drain. And they used they there used to be a scene where they show it going down the drain that was an homage to Psycho, because it would do the swirling down the drain. Yeah, they said that they mentioned it in the commentary, but it wasn't on my DVD copy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so sure it must if it's on my Blu-ray scene. copy or not. It might be. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. On, it wasn't on Netflix. That's for sure. I'm like, uh, yeah. Uh, where's the psycho? Where's the psycho uh, reference? You penises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, 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 they did mention to uh, they did mention the audio commentary. We did uh, toilets. What Psycho did to showers. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> mm, <got> <laughs> they said they had to went right into them. They said she was afraid of clowns and toilets, so it was probably a hell of a scene for her to watch. That's funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's too funny. Well, while we're speaking of uh, Debbie, um, what do you guys think about the? Does Mike become the third wheel in his relationship with Debbie by the end I, of this movie? 
I do believe that Mike and Dave are going to have some rotisserie Debbie in a little while. Is what I think. <laughs> Foreman and I will tower if uh, I'd say so myself. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to spit roast Debbie. That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> He's going to be spinning between Pretty much. <laughs> well, while the Terenzi yeah. brothers sit back and watch. <laughs> well. <laughs> calling her finger cuffs. <laughs> nice chasing Amy reference there, Mikey. <laughs> I don't think they even know that I, I listened to that. I was I specifically listening to that part in the movie for the Kyoto Bros to say something about Mike and Debbie and Dave. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? They just kind of tease on. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, we started teasing early on who's going to get who, who's going to get the girl. I can't remember who I, I didn't even think about it the first time I saw it. Like, why the hell is the cop kissing her? And Mike's just staring off into fucking space. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cop does have the cuffs, so, you know. And apparently she was for laughs, not stability. <laughs> <laughs> Guy, what's your favorite scene in the movie? My or favorite, favorite scene, scene, favorite kill. Uh, my favorite kill is uh is Mooney's. Uh, there there is something extremely chilling in of 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 him being a uh, a ventriloquist dummy. That is just oh god. I that's that that's that's the that is easily the best kill of. <laughs> Of the movie, I love that kill. Um, it's so creepy. And then when the when the clown pulls his hand out his back and he whops his hand like that, and you can hear the blood splatter <laughs> on the ground. Yeah. Oh, that is just I love it. Um, yeah. Uh, favorite scene is uh, Big Bad Jojo coming to town when uh, when the guy rides up on his bike and stuff. That's just because that's just so funny. It just it just kills me. Yeah. yeah, what are you gonna do? Knock my block off? <laughs> it's a it's it's a, it's a it's a very simple gag, but man, it's 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 great. Mm-hmm. It is. And I, I do love that scene with uh, Mooney on the on Jumbo's lap. I'd say, like I said a few minutes ago, that's like one of the quote unquote darker scenes of the yeah. film where oh, he kind of takes a step it's back definitely... from the silliness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that scene resonated with me because I, I was working on doing all these drawings of scenes from the movie with other clowns. And I have a drawing of uh, Krusty the Clown with Chief Wiggum in that exact same pose. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mikey, favorite scene, favorite kill? Um. Well, my favorite scene would have to be, of course, uh, with a bloodhound dog, just because, like I said, I'm a bloodhound owner, and that dog is just so damn gorgeous, and it, uh, I almost cried a little bit when they captured the dog. Um, mm-hmm. My favorite scene would have to uh, be right there with uh, Mooney getting killed uh, as well, too, but there's also a prelim uh, to how he dies, because there's a line that he quotes and he says, you're not going to make a dummy out of me. Out of me. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Yep. And there, uh, and there right there is, uh, you know, uh, to the prelim of how he's going to die, which, right. You know, uh, which I thought was genius. So. 
Mm. A little bit of Freddy foreshadowing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Melissa, Melissa, what about you? Favorite scene? Favorite kill? Uh, my favorite scene is when um, the two guys, uh, I can't remember their names, but anyway, they come in with their ice cream truck and they interrupt everyone's like making out and lovemaking. Um, and everybody's I mean, favorite, the liquor stick. <laughs> <laughs> I love this, this like, I'm Jojo the ice cream clown. We'll give you a stick, you'll give it a lick, and it'll tickle you. <laughs> ice cream, ice cream, we brought the goodies here to you. A tasty treat for a while you screw. And there's like, there's more. It's just like, oh my gosh. Um, and like my favorite, my favorite kill, like I do like him, like uh, Mooney being turned into the ventriloquist dummy, but I think I, I like the, the, you know, what are you going to do? Knock my block off? <laughs> and boom! <laughs> flying. Like I just love that kill so much because it's like, it's, it's like you, you don't expect it really at all. It's like, oh, there's this clown with his, you know, he's got his fighting gloves on and you know. And then that happens, it's like, boom! Oh, epic. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those are all good scenes. I and Normally I would say that uh, Shorty knocking that dude's head off was my favorite, but for some reason, because that was the first thing I saw and stuck in my memory, but for some reason my favorite scene and favorite kill is the shadow puppets. I just love the shadow puppet thing. Oh, it's, it's, it's it genius. It's absolute genius, yeah. And just uh, kind of a quote-unquote absurdity of it all, like absurdity, but the goofiness of it all. And then it also leads into my favorite line of the movie when Mike says, sorry, I freaked out a little bit. <laughs> my favorite line of the whole movie. <laughs> but, uh, when you hear how they, how they did the shadow puppets and everything, it just sounds so cool. It just looks so cool. Like how... What other movie do you see that happening? The only other movie I can remember is Shadow Puppets being in, playing a role in is Gremlins 2. <laughs> and, uh, right. <laughs> but not quite the lethal effect that they do in the Clown Smarter Space. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, guy, what's your, uh, who's your favorite clown? If you know the names, I looked up the names, and according to the brothers, they got different names than what you find online. Uh, me and the boys always refer to him as uh, Big Bad Jojo, the one riding the bike. The, he, he's my he's my favorite. He cracks me up. Um, yeah. And according to the Kyoto brothers, they call him Tiny, but it seems like the the internet and most people call him Shorty. Oh, okay. Yeah, we just call them we call them Big Bad Jojo because he, that's what they say. Big Bad Jojo, coming to town. <laughs> I think of another scene I like is the pizza box scene too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pizza, huh? I I, I don't I, I get a kick out like <laughs> what drinking wine. Uh, nipples sticking out and uh, <laughs> pizza, huh? And she just kind of tilts her head and kind of pits her. Up. And I'm like, really? You got three clowns standing there and you pizza, huh? Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> apparently, she's up for anything. Apparently, or nothing uh, surprises uh, her anymore. Obviously. 
Obviously. <laughs> Maybe she's expecting it to be Dave and Mike. And <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, who's your favorite clown? Oh, one that I can probably relate to a little bit is probably Fatso, you know, because I'm a bit of a chunker myself, so you know, I don't mind feeding the uh, fridge for some food. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I'm a little hungry. I'm going to come down here and pick up my favorite cotton candy, jab a straw into it, and start sucking like no one's tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but they remade the movie now, then they'll have to use one of those recyclable straws instead of a huge plastic crazy straw. <laughs> <laughs> right, because we don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. You're going to be able to get one of those paper straws through somebody's skin. Yep, that'll work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about two seconds later, the paper straw's all soaked in freaking blood and it's nothing but mush. <laughs> It'll be a CG straw. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. <laughs> they, yeah, they do that. <laughs> um, Melissa, what about you? Who's your favorite clown? See, I I like all of them, but I think it, the the red haired one, I think his name is Slim. Um, I like him because, like, I like his because he's I believe he's the one who goes outside. He's walking outside the, the pharmacy and then mm-hmm. he sees the the gorilla outside. Yeah, it's a gorilla. Yeah, or ape, whatever. And then he like he'll he OK, he walks and sort of he hears girls or whatever. And oh, he starts impersonating the, the ape. It's like, that's hilarious. It just that, that kind of. It's a, it's a clown with dry humor, and it's like, yeah, I relate to that because, like, I got I got a dry wit, and, and I love dry humor. So, yeah, I like that clown because that that was hilarious. <laughs> I I think on the internet he's called Rudy. Oh, okay. I think Slim is the one that does the stretch. I think I think Slim is the one that does the shadow puppets. I think so. Yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, it's funny you mentioned that scene about him in front of the pharmacy. Is one point that the Kyoto brothers bring up more and more often is how they try to during the commentary they brought up how like undeceiving clowns can be at first at first sight so him blending into the front of the pharmacy store just shows how clowns can just blend into anything and we don't assume anything right yeah because like we can we initially think of them as like they, they, like the girls that go walking in there, like they don't really even react to it all that much. Like they're not, they're like, oh, they're not freaking out or anything. They're just, oh, okay, you know, whatever. Like it's, you know, I think they kind of laugh at it because it's just, it's, you know, kind of funny. So yeah, we kind of tend to to look at clowns as kind of funny and whatever, and we don't really think of them as threatening unless you're that person who does have a fear of clowns, which is totally legitimate. But you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you don't think they're going to kill you from the off. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, that, that's hilarious, you know. So, yeah, I think that's, that's hilarious how he just, he immediately sort of blends in. And it does so, it, it, it happens so smoothly, too. Like, there's no, you know, awkwardness to it or anything. It's just smoothly, and he's just doing what he's doing. And, yeah, whatever, nobody is the, the kind of the wiser. So... 
good point. Um, I'm going to say Slim, too, but I also love Clownzilla most at the end. Mm. Charlie Kyoto in costume just beating the shit out of that ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear him and you hear him talk about the tricks they did doing that. It just looks so much cooler. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's, all the, that's all the questions I had written down. Anybody have anything else? Any other topics to throw on the table while we're here? Almost, I see the gears turning in your head. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about... Because you had sent me the the questions that you were gonna gonna ask, and uh, there's the, the one question about if you know picking a different you know creative team, kind of going back to that instead of the the Kyoto brothers. And you know, I was thinking today, um, you know, what if what if Tim Burton did it? What what if Tim Burton took over the the reins of Killer? I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, Johnny Depp would play all the clowns? <laughs> <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter would be Helena Bonham Carter would be Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what if uh, Tom Salvini got a hold of it. Uh, that would be really good. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Definitely a lot gorier, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, the, the blood would definitely fly. Yeah, especially if they, you know, they redid the the scene where you know punching his the guy's head off. It's like, yeah, blood would be like a friggin' fountain. Uh-huh. <laughs> It'd be like the old Jack guys are up for Nickelodeon Studios, only with blood. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the gack fountain that's just flowing. <laughs> All right. I was thinking today if, if you had to pick somebody else to do it, since they do such great work with practical effects, I'd either say John Carpenter or Guillermo del Toro, mm. since they do good work with practical effects. Yeah. Um, Carpenter doesn't make movies anymore. Yeah, that's that's the only down, that's the only downside to it though. Mm-hmm. Um, and Del Toro is, um, he's not so much for the whimsical. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I, I think Tim Burton, I, I think Tim Burton could do it. Um, like just, yeah, like just thinking of like how, how we did, you know, like Alice in Wonderland and created that whole sort of whimsical, dark kind of world. And it's like, I could see it, like just to, just his style in general. Like, yeah, he's got his classic style, and I just think it could work. It could certainly work. I think it would be, it would still be, I think, a fun story. It'd be kind of on the level, you know, sort of would be where it's got that that dark that. So I think he could he could really bring that that to life. I think really well. Um, it would definitely be, yeah, be a little bit darker and then a little bit more whimsical than it already is. It, 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 would, it would definitely be uh, a different kind of quirky, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, yeah. again, look at Beetlejuice. Uh, look how the 
the uh, visual aesthetic he created for the afterlife and Beetlejuice and the kind of a little bit darker, croakier humor in that too. So yeah. I'd say it, that'd be a good resume plot point for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. I wouldn't be opposed to Tim Burton at all either. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. Mikey, who do you think would take the reins besides Savini? Besides <laughs> <laughs> um, Savini. Besides, besides Savini, besides Tim Rooney, besides Tim Burton. <laughs> oh, hell. Too many Christmas, man. You're going to make me think. <laughs> Greg oh, Nicotero could do it if you watched any of Ooh. his any of his creep show stuff that he's done on Shudder. Oh, yeah, I've, we've all, I've, I've, I've watched it. Yeah, yeah, he could, he could, he could do it. Yeah, I was just thinking of him too. Yeah, he could, he could definitely do it. Yeah, well, it's, it's, well, here's the thing: Tom, Tom Savini doesn't have to do because he, he, he directed the, the the final episode. He did the the the, the Champlain Lake Monster one. Mm-hmm. He direct he directed that one. There is, I mean, honestly, that's that's kind of you know, it's a little bit darker but it's not really gory or anything it's kind of got the same tone so he i mean savini can do can do stuff without the gore he's mm-hmm. just really he's just really good at it you know mm-hmm. i forgot he directed that one i need to rewatch the show again so good it's so good i'm really looking forward to the second season yeah, I, I've I've started to watch uh, a few episodes of it, and and uh, I really enjoy it so far. Like it's it's pretty good. I, I quite you? like it, and and I love how I even kind of read up on it a little bit, and um, because I really wanted to know like how much of the show was practical effects, because I was noticing a lot of it was like that's got to be practical effects, and mm-hmm. apparently it's like ninety nine percent of it is practical effects and it's like wow yeah that's amazing like i, I love it that. and then like the story are, are, i like them so yeah have you seen uh the, uh the original movies though melissa yes you've seen all three yes uh, there is no third one i'm told three is verboten and part two is pretty questionable in spots too so um yeah. but, See, I, but, I like both both uh, good. the original creep show is the greatest anthology ever made yeah mm-hmm. absolutely love the original creep show it's my favorite yeah. Stephen king adaption of all time mm. so good it's, it's so much fun i just mm-hmm. i love it so good, and and, and 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 the series tends to follow the original more than it follows any any other thing. It it, it kind of goes with that a lot more. So yeah. Well, you set the bar at meteor shit, so that was the bar. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, Jordy, you lunkhead. <laughs> oh, hey, so at least we waited an hour before we got into a side tangent. It's going to be a record for us. <laughs> well, now that I got Guy on the Wire here, I was going to pitch this to you and Jeremy since I've been binge listening to a lot of uh, Dark Tower Radio lately. Okay. 
I'm I'm doing this play where it's all these sketches written by the performers. And if next year, if we get to do it again next year, I have an idea to write a series of sketches where it's like a, a children's Pee Wee's Playhouse style show only okay. with Stephen King, hosted by Stephen King. Oh, okay. And I do like different bo- uh, books, like take do a little scene about making sure you take care of your pets, but making references to church and Cujo oh, or yeah. shit like that. Just like cheesy but my i told me like oh man that's funny but it'll be dark i'm like good that's the way i want it funny and yeah. dark right, right. <laughs> i figured you and i figured you and jeremy would appreciate it hey did you did you see the tweet that he put out that he he was thinking about writing a, a jason story told from jason's perspective yeah i did like it, it, he said he probably would never would write it but it's like a it was something he would like love to write yeah yeah that that would be interesting That'd be a good one. Like I think me and Mike were talking about it at work the other day, or maybe I was talking about it to the other Mike but, that we work with. But yeah, that would be cool. To, I'd read that. Like his his books are thicker than the Chinese phone book sometimes, but I'd read it. Anybody else? How's your chance? <laughs> Speak now about killer clowns or forever hold your peace. Well, tell me, I'll live my life, Jared. <laughs> I just did. I can hold my peace. I'm good. I'm good. A guy, you got any other thoughts you want to throw out there before you bring on home? I, I, uh, I think we're good. I, I think we covered everything between the four of us. We ended up covering everything. Um, uh, we do get. I, I will say, you do get a young Christopher Titus, the comedian, in the beginning of this movie too. Love Christopher Titus. Yeah. One of my favorite comedians. He's, he's funny. Nowhere near one of my favorites, but he he is funny. Um, so Bob McGreeve, yeah, uh, he was good. I, I remember, I can't remember the first time I heard. Like, holy shit, that is Christopher Titus. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so of course, I've seen the show Titus long before I saw. Long before I saw well, 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 for the first time. Here's a, here's a funny thing, because I saw it years ago, and then I watched the show, Titus, and I didn't think anything of it, and then, and, and I'd and, and i watched Killer Clowns, and then it wasn't, like, within the last, I don't know, five years that I was, wait a second, that's Christopher Titus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they talk about the, they talk about the, I don't know, commentary, how nervous he was and shit about doing that, how uh, nervous he was. <laughs> but, yeah, first ever acting role. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say it had to be, yeah. Well, of course, you can't forget uh, good old Dean Warmer from uh, Animal House. <laughs> hey, playing to the balcony. Just, <laughs> pretty much. And he's essentially playing the same character he played in Animal House, too, he's, essentially. He's, he's definitely, he definitely is. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's playing for the balcony. He's, he's in a completely different movie than anybody else. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it sounded like he loved it too. Like he, 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 according to the commentary, they're like, "Oh, he wanted to. He pitched the idea to like come back as a clown. He wanted to be a clown zombie later on at the end of the movie." And oh, that's funny. Been, and the long, the long take of getting sprayed by the water was his idea. Like he wanted, to like I think they just wanted like one, one quick squirt. I think he wanted the long squirt in the face. Nice, <laughs> nice. But so, but it's nice to see like those old timers having fun with roles like that. It makes oh, yeah. it that much more enjoyable. 
Right, right, exactly. I, I love it when you when you see you know when, I, love, I love when you when you can tell that they're having a blast with the role, whatever it is. Like you just know that they're just putting it all like thousand percent effort in, and they're just having so much fun with it. You know, I, I love that. A bit. Um, I just did a rewatch of all the Nightmare on Elm Streets, uh, not the remake. Um, and I'm really still kicking myself for watching Freddy's Dead because that is the worst piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. Um, but I, I, I watched the Nightmare, and I'm not the biggest fan of that. But let me tell you something: Robert England is having a blast in that, in and out of costume. When oh, he's absolutely. playing him, when he's playing himself, he's having a blast, and when he's playing Freddy's, he's having a blast. And that, that makes that movie that much better to see him play, having such a blast in yeah. that movie. And you can tell he is, you know. So, so yeah. So, I really enjoy it when I see uh, a character, uh, uh, an, an actor, and you can tell they're just having an absolute blast playing the role. I love that. Definitely. So he also looks like he has fun in anything he does, like uh, Jack Brooks Monster Hunter. Oh, Jack God, Brooks that, Monster Slayer. That is a oh, favorite. Oh, he is so of, fun in that movie too. That is a favorite of my of my sons and I. We love that movie because um, it's all practical fa- effects and well, ninety nine percent practical effects. Um, England is you can tell he's absolutely having a blast, and and I, I think everybody else is too. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would love to see that one get a sequel because I love that movie. <laughs> now I know what I'm watching tonight. <laughs> Rewatch it again. I haven't yeah. watched this since my Scarathon. Oh, God, I love that movie. <laughs> so much fun. Hey, guys, we gotta, hey, did you see Do you have Shudder? I do not have Shudder. Oh, yeah, you have Shudder, obviously. Oh, you don't? No, I don't. I don't have Shutter. Oh. No, no, no. I, uh, I, I see certain things, you know, nefariously. I see a lot of things nefariously. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ride the ways of thy internet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, is Andy sending you the VHS tapes too? Uh, no, no. I try not to get Andy involved in my in my uh, sailing the seven seas of the internet. I he, he's too good of a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to ask if you've seen the uh, Scream Queen documentary that's out I, now. I I have not. Um, I do believe it's on one of my uh, one of my islands of treasures. Um. <laughs> Um, so, and I think I'm going to, cause that's my favorite sequel of the, uh, of the nightmare. And then that's my second favorite nightmare movie. I, I, I think that movie, Mine is too. It, it's it, because it keeps up, it keeps up with the darkness. Freddie's scary is still scary. Um, and he's actually, I think he's a little more brutal in, in the, in the second one. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, I get the whole you know, this is really about coming out and stuff. Yeah, but it works. I don't care if it's the the gay Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it's genius. Yeah, I, I think it, it. Yeah, I definitely when I like first saw the the movie and like first like saw the first one and then saw the second one. I'm like, yeah, I definitely love the second one. It is so good. Yeah, and, it is. Yeah, there's there's the, the the gay undertones, blah blah blah, whatever. Yeah. But it it's it doesn't define the movie. It doesn't make the movie. There's yeah, I love how Freddy is just like 
you know, he's even more brutal, and, yeah, and I yeah. love it. It's so good. Yeah, it, is, it is. It is so good. Um, uh, my good friend, Jeff Conner, who, who, who was on the original show Real Fans back in the day, uh, me and him used to be on that together. Uh, he's 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 with us. He loves the. He thinks the second one is is the best one after the first, after the original. So yeah, absolutely. You have to check. You have to check out that documentary and tell him get a hold of me when you get a chance okay. to watch it. Let me know what you think. It's really good. Okay, it's it's a really good okay. really good documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I talked to Mikey about it the other day at work, and I go, "Well, uh, it's my favorite sequel too of the franchise." And I don't think it—I didn't know Mark Pat was gay before I saw it. I think I didn't know he was gay until after I saw uh, Never Sleep Again. Which oh, I right. now, like, okay, that makes sense now. But uh, I told Mikey, "Go, I think it's like if nobody told you it was the gay Nightmare on Elm Street, or." If they, nobody like mentioned the gay undertones to it, I don't think you would, if you watched it blind on your first watch through, I don't think you'd probably know something was weird about it, but I don't think it, I don't, I don't think it comes off as blatantly gay as everybody makes it out to be. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I don't think it does. Either. I never thought I really that don't to think begin with. I really don't think it comes out at, it, it really doesn't. It's, yeah. it's something that's, it, that's got a worse reputation for, "Quote unquote," the gayness of it than it really has. I mean, yes, the coach is overtly, obviously, um, yeah. and yes, there. As you get older, you can tell that the whole Freddie possessing him is all about the the terrors of coming out. As you get older, but when you when I saw this at what, what was I? When did they come? I, I was thirteen, fourteen, maybe fifteen when I saw it. I other than other than the coach, I didn't see the gayness of it. I'm like, yeah, so what? The coach yeah. is gay. Who fucking cares? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Exactly. And like, yeah, like, you know, when I saw it, I didn't think of it either. It was just like, it was just a movie. Is what it, yeah. it's what it yeah. was. And then, yeah. like, seeing, yeah, like, the Never Sleep Again documentary and all that. And I was like, okay, I guess, yeah, I guess I could see it. But, again, it doesn't define the movie. It, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Again. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't. It, when all of it's like, oh, the gay one. I'm like, yeah, well, suck my dick. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's it's still a freaking cast movie, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just know. <laughs> I I it, I have no patience for people. I have no patience for people anymore. I, I mean, I've never been the biggest fan, but as of recently, my patience for people is at like a nil. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there, there is a, there's an awful lot of suck my dicks coming out of my mouth a lot. <laughs> <Suck my dick. laughs> Go eat an asshole. I, that's a good closing point for this episode. Don't you think? That's how we that's how we reign in one year of nerdy nerdy chat. <laughs> Go eat a bag of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I think guy loves this show because we let him be full guy on it. I, 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 uh, my, uh, my friend uh, Philip Barker he has me on his uh, superhero stress every once in a while. And I, uh, and he told, he told me when he first had me on, he goes, listen, I just want you to be guy. He says, just, just, just be yourself. I said, are you sure? And he's like, 
yep. And I'm like, all right, you asked for it. <laughs> Although, if you notice, we uh, we've been getting a little lax over at Please Rewind with some of the things we say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we try to keep that show family friendly, but then again, you have me on the podcast. That's just not a thing that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gotta be yourself, man, and yeah, let loose. I just, I just, I just, I just, yeah. <laughs> Tim scrolling through in case you guys can get Jamie. Who, who can I have on? It's not gonna provoke guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Lloyd, no. Philip Barker, no. Yeah. Michael Lyons, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've podcasted twice with with Michael Lyons. I love I love Michael Lyons. He is the salt of the earth. He's a great guy, and uh, and both times I podcasted with him, I was I was happy because I got one of his old man stories, and then he was happy because he got to go full scumbag with Guy. <laughs> it was the Jaws two episode, wasn't it? Oh yeah, that Jaws two episode. Yeah, and then when was I on with him again? I don't know. I, I can't remember when I was on with him again. Uh, but I, I, I've done it at least twice, and both times it's just I, Michael Lines. I, I, I love the fact that he's such this. He's this nice guy, and he, and he, 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 he talks, and he's kind of got this purity about him when he talks and stuff. But man, he loves it when guy goes full scumbag. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, guy, there's plenty of room on my couch if you wanna. Take a seat on it and come back on our show again and go full scumbag if you want to. The door's right. always open. When you when you want me on, you let me know. I and I will do my best to make it work. Um, although <laughs> the other last last not not yesterday but last Wednesday, um, we did we did a please rewind and uh, Andy got a hold of me. He says, "Listen, I want to." He, he just watched all the all the Freddy movies and he wanted to do a countdown of them and talk about them. And he goes, "I know you haven't done it, but you obviously know." Uh, um, Friday the 13th is really well. He do you want to be on? I'm like, yeah, when you do it. He's like, eh, eight o'clock on Wednesday. I'm like, Ooh, let me see what I can do. And so I got to work. He goes, well, I can push, I can push until nine 30. I'm like, if you can push to nine 30, then I can do please rewind. And then I get on the show with you. And I ended up podcasting that day five over five hours straight. Oh my God. That will be the last Oof. time I do that. <laughs> that was, I, and I, and I love Andy. I love Hunter because that's who I was on with those. And I, and I love podcasting with all those guys, but over five hours was a bit much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a late night for you. Cause Andy's back in China now. So that'd be a late night for he, you. He Was he still? Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause uh, he was in China. Um, but it was. Like oh, I think he just got out of quarantine. Yeah, it was nine o'clock in the morning when we when we recorded for him, and it was nine nine thirty at night for us, and um, and it was nine thirty when we started, and it was after midnight when we were done, and I had started at seven o'clock with the guys from Please Rewind. Wow. So, so I. I think the longest most of my. I love the podcast. I think I most of I try to knock out three episodes in one day, one night. Nope, 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 not again. Nope. I, I, I love, I love the podcast. I love to hear myself talk, obviously, obviously, because I, I talk a lot. Um, but yeah, that was that 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 was a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd imagine. Well, Guy, if our listeners want to keep up with you, where can they do that? Uh, my name is on Twitter, at Galactic Scumbag. I'm very rarely on Twitter. I'm not built for Twitter because people on those are fucking idiots. So I do not do Twitter. Um, but every once in a while I get on and I retweet when somebody, you know, or I answer questions or something every once in a while. But in general, I, I don't do Twitter. I'm on Instagram at Galactic underscore Scumbag. I'm on that quite a bit. Um, you can catch me on Please Rewind. Uh, I am regular co-host on there. In fact, I'm on every episode except maybe two. Um, and then Jeremy Lloyd's Dark Tower Radio. Uh, me, and, me and Jeremy do almost all the episodes. So, in fact, I think we're going to try and record next week. It's been a while since we've recorded. So, we, we do need to get an episode out. So, you think you think with this quarantine you would get more episodes out, but we really haven't. Um, I mean, other than, like, the real fans page, me and Jeremy haven't really. It's just... I think people are getting, because you're stuck at home all the time, you're just getting lazier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is being stuck at home shit. The hell are you talking about? Oh, I've been stuck at home for over three months. So if you got the, if you got the chance to work, good for you, man. I'm, yeah. I'm happy for you. Man, no kidding, man. I wouldn't mind a month off. <laughs> no, I understand that. Listen, it gets old really quick. Sitting oh, on your ass, watching, and I've watched tons of movies and tons of series, and I, I am, I have gone insane. Mm. You get through the whole library, uh, the whole library, then of Netflix. Uh, <laughs> I have not, but I've watched a lot of stuff. I have watched a lot of stuff. Sure. So I get that, man. I'm I'm really glad that that I recently. Uh, bought an xbox so i've been i've been all over that so nice well that, yeah. that, that um uncharted the the first four uncharted's were free on police playstation plus so we i've been playing through those in fact i'm on the fourth one right now oh nice i wish they were i tried looking for that that game because i was kind of interested in that and then oh i can't find it anywhere on xbox so i'm like i oh. think i think it's a playstation <laughs> plus exclusive yeah yeah that kind of made me sad but yeah i recently what did I rec- oh, the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That one I recently got through, and that was fun. That was oh, a hell of a nice. lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. Now I've been I've been on uh, what have I been playing? Oh, Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. <laughs> well, Mikey, thank you for coming back to the show, talking some killer clowns. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, well, where can our listeners keep up with you? Huh? <laughs> so where can our listeners keep up with you if they want to? Oh, uh, well, I'm not going to give out any kind of personal uh, information to where they can find me on Facebook or Instagram. But uh, if you're definitely looking for some uh, dog and or cat collars, you can uh, definitely look up my website, which is www.rnfhabadashery.com. We got uh, uh, everything from cat collars to uh, pretty soon we'll be launching our extra wide collars for bigger dogs. So you can definitely give that a look. All right. Melissa, where can everybody keep up with you? Uh, They can keep up with me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, They can find me at MissMelissaN25 on Instagram. 
Um, it's all lowercase, nothing fancy there. Um, it's all pictures of nature around Thunder Bay from all my kind of Indiana Jonesing that I do around the city or in any parks and things like that. And then on... Oh, you stole that. You stole that from Guy. I did. I like it. <laughs> I think it works. I, 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 that's what I've called it. Wait, after, 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 after my, after me and the ex-wife got divorced, and I had the boys on the weekends, and we would go for walks, or we would go, you know, explore. We started calling Indiana Jonesing because we all loved Indiana Jones, and they were very young at the time. We're talking over ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, and it, and it's, and it's just stuck, and it's been. That's what we call it. Ever, I mean, they're like I, I told you, they're age We still call it Indiana Jonesing. So, I love that. I really love that so much. Um. So yeah, I've been kind of calling it that and another, you know, adventuring or whatever I call it. Anyway, <laughs> all that kind of stuff you can find on my Instagram. Nothing uh, nothing political. It's all nature pictures and other random BS. So, <laughs> And you can, find me on, um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, capital M-I-S-S underscore capital M-E-L-I-S-S-A capital N. So spell it out, Miss Melissa N on Twitter. So there you go. Find me and creep me there. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me on the tweets and Instagrams at QCA underscore Mr. Underscore J. That's me paying homage to the greatest comic book character of all time, the Joker. Um, Right now, my. Well, since most of my tug of war season has been canceled, most of my Instagram pictures now are of my cats because that's what I do when I'm not working or running. I'm taking pictures of my cats and putting them online. That's what the internet's for, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, exactly. The internet's for talking politics and seeing pussy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Just make sure you get pictures of those beautiful collars your kitties have. <laughs> Of course, yeah. As oh, you put your pussy in collars? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta keep it restrained, man. <laughs> They're very well made. Now I'm picturing you as that guy in seven that's, that's uh, it, listen, they come here, they, they ask they ask me to make this stuff, you know? <laughs> 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 the picture. The picture. Wait, wait! You hear that? <laughs> wait, I hear something from Long Island. Jesus Christ, guy! <laughs> Tim's uh, Tim's guy sense was tingling there for a second there. <laughs> He's like, Jesus Christ, guy. <laughs> that's where you can find me uh, as a podcast as a whole you can find us on twitter and instagram at your nations podcast you can find us on facebook same thing uh, melissa and i are starting to venture into more live videos when we get around to it we did one on our favorite feel-good movies in support of Mental Health Awareness Month for May, because we tried to record the episode twice. We had episodes, I had issues downloading it and getting it edited, so we went live video instead. I believe also we're going to edit our next video be on Lady Killer, the comic yeah. book line Lady Killer. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's it's going to be our next one because it's a it's a like it's a graphic novel, and I think it'd be kind of fun to do live, so you could actually like show off the book and the and the art and all that kind of stuff. So, because it's it's kind of hard to talk about a graphic novel on a podcast because you can't see it. So, I think it would be fun to do as Facebook Live. So, um, yeah, that'll be coming soon ish. <laughs> so. And Joelle Jones's artwork is has half as beautiful as she is too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Melissa, on behalf of Melissa, we want to thank everybody for one great year of podcasting so far. I hope to many more years to come, especially with uh, great guests like uh, uh, Robert Nintia from Pods and Monsters, who we had on the last episode. Uh, our buddy Jason Whitmarsh, who couldn't make it tonight, he. Uh, the owner of Death Stitch Custom Clothing here in the Quad Cities. Um, he's like the unofficial clothing sponsor of our podcast, <laughs> and uh, we're like his un we're his uncensored model, and we're his unsponsored models too. <laughs> uh, and thanks, and uh, thanks to other guests like Mike and Guy who come on and enjoy the nerd chat. Everybody we've had on speaks the language, and that's what we're trying to get out. We speak the nerd language. Guy, if you get a chance to be on Pods and Monsters with Robert Entia, I highly recommend it. They are such wonderful people. Uh, I, listen, listen, I am the I am a huge fan. I was gonna I was gonna wait till after you were off the show, uh, but since you brought it up, <laughs> uh, you need to introduce me to that because I love that show. I I've been um, ever since their Invisible Man episode, which is my favorite horror movie of all time, the original. Um, I have yep. been on that bandwagon. I love them guys. I I. I, I I I love them guys. I I I I would be on their show, and I would clean up my act and be on their show. I would be a really good guy. I promise. Wow, that's wow. Did somebody record that? <laughs> we are recording it. Let's just keep that. Seriously, get that. Get that. What he just said. <laughs> She's like blackmail. <laughs> you can't blackmail guy for doing anything bad because he has the name. But he, he says he's going to clean up his act. Oh, hell yeah. Jared, just edit that section yeah. out, please, just for Guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a reputation to uphold. <laughs> exactly. I do. I do. I do. Yeah, when, when I, yeah you'd love them. We recorded with them. We recorded with them last week. We did, what, almost three hours just on Beetlejuice? Oh, yeah. oh nice. Nice. Yeah, it was oh. it was a lot of fun, and they are just like the most wonderful people ever. I, had, I, I, I yeah. yeah, I I love I love their commentary. I love I love how far they go into it. I love it's the fact uh, a lot of the shows is her watching them for the first time or just mm-hmm. seeing it after years. Um, I love their love for the for the genre. It's just I, and they're and they're so great. And honestly, honestly. He is Tim Rooney in twenty years. I mean, seriously, with his puns. Oh, yeah. He is he is he is Tim Rooney in ten in twenty years, I swear to God. Oh it's funny because because I think Robert's my age. Oh, is I he? Think Robert's close to my age. Yeah, I'm I'm thirty five. So I would say him and Indy are close okay. to my age. So so he he's Tim Rooney in ten years then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But they have, not only do they have the love for the genre, but they they just speak the nerd language, they really, and they speak yeah. with passion about everything. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lo- I, I follow them on on uh, on Instagram, and they're really good about interacting. Like when you comment on their stuff, they'll comment back. They're, I mean, they're really they're really good about interacting. So, and again, I'm I. I am a huge fan. And, uh, for anybody listening, if you have not listened to Pods and Monsters, you need to get on it. It is definitely worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Who, I I know Andy. I know Andy uh, mentioned them. I can't remember which show he did it on. It was Why Not Futurama or Disorder when he mentioned them. So when I I moved a couple months ago and I was unpacking, I found it and first episode I turned it on was a. London. Yeah. Sat there and just dove in head first. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Andy suggested yeah, it to, to Jamie. And then Jamie, when the when the Invisible Man episode hit, he's like, listen, you need to let you need this is a good jumping on part for you because I know how much you love this movie, but you need to listen to these guys. And mm-hmm. so I listened to their Invisible Invisible Man one and then I then I went back and ate up all the, the, the all the ones that happened before because they're 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 great. Oh yeah, my my first one, and it was yeah. because of Jared that I started listening to Pods and Monsters too, and and I I uh, saw that they had done a thing about uh, the Wolfman, and I freaking oh, yeah. love that movie. Yeah, and I love that episode so much. It was yeah. so cool to learn about, and you know all the stuff that they you know talked about and everything. It was so good. And then yeah, right after that, it was like I listened to I don't know how many of them right after that. It was just so good. Yeah. So now, Mike, you need to be like all the cool kids and listen to Pods and Monsters now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'll try and get on, get listen to more podcasts, but uh, I really don't have a whole lot of time. And normally, when I got my phone going, doing stuff, I'm listening to music. Here's the thing, because I listen to my podcast. When either I'm mowing the lawn or I'm the, I'm the guy that takes the bus everywhere. Well, I'm not taking the bus anywhere right now, so I haven't been able to listen to a, a lot of my podcasts that I usually do. And I don't do many. I, I my I'm very selective about what I listen to. So my my listening of the ones that I like um, that I listen to every episode is under ten, and then there's like maybe five that I'll drop episodes in if the if it looks like the 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 subject is something that interests me so mm-hmm. yeah because i'm i'm very particular because uh i it took me a while to start listening to podcasts why why i mow because i'd rather listen to music why i mow but then i start i got way too many podcasts to listen to so <laughs> <laughs> and and i can't listen to podcasts why i shower because that is fucking weird <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, like, yeah, here I am. I'm watching my shit, and somebody's talking. Nope, nope, can't. Nope, 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 nope. nope. I don't feel alone in here anymore. I can't touch myself. I better <laughs> Oh, hell, I would. Just put on a damn show for each day. <laughs> Oh, guy, we love you. Come back more often. <laughs> what, what's that? What's that from A Nice Tale? God love you. Nobody else will. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a hopefully an anniversary episode. <laughs> but now I'm definitely gonna get 
tell Robert to get a hold of you because I want to. I want to. I also want to hear what "Good Boy Guy Milk" sounds like too. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell him. Because yeah, I don't want to ruin him. Because I don't want to feel weird. But yeah, tell him to get a hold of me because I would. I would. I would love to be on that show. I, I, I would love to have him on Please Rewind for, for an episode. Because uh, we, we, always, we always do horror-centric episodes um, around, around Halloween. We usually do three to four episodes for Halloween. I'd love to have the two of them on for that. So, and I know Jamie, would, and Jamie and Tim would jump at that. So. But, uh, so thank you, everybody, for a great year. Here's to many more, or maybe at least one more great year. <laughs> Most of we need to try to make it more often. We can't be taking these three month breaks anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got, we got to get on this a little more. Definitely. <laughs> we got to kick each other in the butts and do episodes. <laughs> so don't forget to find us on Podbean or Apple podcast. Leave us a review. Leave us a, uh, Give us five stars. Give us one star. I don't give a shit. But uh, we're not like we're not like those fancy podcasts. We're not going to give away prizes. Um, <laughs> I can't. I can't, I can't afford it. Your prize is you get to listen to guy every couple of months. <laughs> there you go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not worth five stars, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> So, Melissa, take us out with the great Gilbert Lowe. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys.